them held Gulbuddin Hekmachar's lieutenants. Hekmachar was one of the key warlords who'd left the back door open to let Bin Laden escape Tora Bora. The plan was for me to rendezvous with my team at the staging area. They were in the area guiding the rangers to the high-value targets using Afghan spies or, as we call them, assets. It was a hot landing zone, LZ, the rangers had warned. They'd observed random gunfire, and a rocket-propelled grenade, RPG, had been fired at the troops earlier that day. Accompanying the ranger assault team on this flight meant that I would also be along for their assault on the village that supposedly held the bad guys. The new orders, handwritten by the ranger G-2, the military intelligence officer, were neatly folded and sitting in the warmth of my black fleece jacket. My team was going to take to it like an eight-year-old to asparagus. We'd recruited a scout to help smooth our way with the villagers, but the CIA had maneuvered him out of the picture. Now we're going to be on our own without a native guide. Freaking CIA. With a slight shudder, our chopper moved forward in formation with four other MH-47s, accompanied by five Black Hawk attack helicopters, toward the northeastern mountains of Afghanistan. In the bright moonlight, I could clearly see the desert terrain, a cool, pale, whitish blue. Following the curves and bumps of the terrain, the map of the earth, we passed over it at 150 knots per hour. The two gunner's doors were open, and the icy nighttime air swirled in. I was cold, as cold as I ever remember being in my life. About 15 minutes into the flight, the door gunners test-fired their Gatling-style miniguns, and I jumped when the loud rip of the burst let loose. I could see the tracers arcing down toward the desert floor, and hear the sister helicopters follow suit and test theirs. As the crow flies, the distance from Bagram Air Base, the U.S. Air Base 40 miles north of Kabul, to the staging area was only about an hour and a half. But the route this night was in and out of numerous valleys. I felt a push on my shoulders as the helicopter pulled up to clear a ridgeline. Then, quickly, my stomach rose toward my throat as it nosed back down. The cycle was repeated over and over for the next three hours. As we approached the LZ, the crew chief stood in the center of the helicopter and held up his hands, fingers spread. Ten minutes out. Shortly after that, one hand. Five minutes away. Two fingers. We were about to arrive. As we slowed, I could make out the tiered, plowed fields like pancakes stacked slightly offset from each other. The crew chief caught me as I stood up to walk out. Sir, don't forget, ten minutes. We can't stay, he yelled into my ear. Got it, I yelled back. As the MH-47 landed and the rear ramp was lowered, I put my rifle on semi-auto and moved out to two o'clock from the bird, while half the team went out to establish security around the hello. At first, the exhaust from the two jet motors of the 47 washed over me like a tropical breeze. The heat was a welcome surprise. I was next to an irrigation ditch that I quickly found out after putting my foot into it was full of cold water. I moved out of the ditch and went down on one knee. The noise from the bird was thunderous. I had ten minutes to meet with my guys, give them a new mission, and pass along the gear 
while the tenth mountain guys loaded into the empty Chinooks. More than ten minutes, and the Caesar would take off without me, and I would be left with no winter gear, no additional weaponry, no extra ammo. Feeling the cold ground on my knee through my pants, I watched the horizon for either the silhouette of an enemy troop moving forward with an AK-47 or one of our officers approaching me to make contact. I flashed my blue signal light in one-second bursts, every 45 degrees into the darkness, until I'd covered a full 360 degrees to ID my position to our guys. I moved a few meters from the spot where I'd shown the light just in case the bad guys had decided to take a pot shot. I waited a few seconds, showed the light again, and moved once more. Because of the noise of the helicopters, short of the bullets hitting the ground near me or slamming, hopefully, into the ceramic plate of my body armor, I wouldn't have known if I was...